Welcome to Noah's Natter, your podcast for casual Christian conversation. Welcome you back to Noah's Natter after some time away, I guess. Been a few weeks. Been a few weeks. And we're going to pick up uh, this conversation today with Psalm 40. And uh, we're going to, over the next few episodes, uh, just kind of go verse by verse of this uh, long psalm of David. And uh, when you hear the words, if you are a student of the Bible, you'll recognize them pretty quick. That's kind of a kind of a well-known, it's probably not the best-known one, but it's one of the better-known psalms. And so we're going to read today down through verse number 5. We may not talk about all those, but we'll go start at 1 and just see how far we go. Is that okay? Sounds good to me. So I've got Easy Reader here next to me, and he's going to read these verses. So uh, Easy Reader, if you would, in your best... Uh, That's the Hillbilly Easy Reader version. Uh, okay, Hillbilly Easy Reader. <laughs> if you'll read the first five verses of Psalm 40, we'll be good. All right. I waited patiently for the Lord... And he inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. How blessed is the man who has made the Lord his trust and has not turned to the proud nor to those who lapse into falsehood, Many, O Lord, my God, are the wonders which you have done and your thoughts towards us. There is none to compare with you. If I would declare and speak of them, they would be too numerous to count. There's a lot in that little section right there. A whole lot. Well, we begin with something I don't really like to talk about, honestly, and that's waiting patiently. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a very patient person. Uh, you know, the Bible's clear that if we pray for patience that we invite tribulation, right? And uh, I'm not a patient person, and I've, I've actually gotten a place where I tell people don't pray for me to be patient because I don't want any more tribulation than life has for me, you know? Right. But I do want to, I want to be more patient. Sure. It's like, let it just happen naturally, if you want to call it, <laughs> call it that. Um, you know, but here, it's a very interesting. He, David says, I waited patiently for the Lord. You know, you kind of, uh, that's all you can do, really, when it comes to waiting for the Lord. There's really no other way you can wait right. for Him. Because whether you do it patiently or impatiently, you're not going to change his timetable. Right. Whatever the issue is, yeah. you're not going to, once he has decreed that something's going to happen in a certain way, it's going to be that way. And whatever you need to learn in that waiting room, be it short, be it long, mm-hmm. you're just going to have to learn or just have to relearn it later. Right. Because he's not going to... Not gonna move up his schedule for no. necessary, right? I mean, he's right. got a, he's got his plan. He's got his plan, and that's what he's gonna make happen, right? According in to his time, right? And he he's the one with a clock in his hand. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't actually have a clock in his hand. It's probably more like a wristwatch. But anyway, he's got his own. But sometimes we want to take our 
calendars, our clocks, our time, uh, whatever. And we want to try to put him, set his agenda to our clocks. And uh, that's just not the way it works. And a lot of times as it is here, this him waiting has to do with context of prayer. Because mm-hmm. he, he says, goes on saying that he leaned down to hear David. This right, is he inclined idea. his ear toward him. Right. I mean, that's, his ear was bent towards David. Right. So this is an idea of a prayer that David prayed. Uh, right. A prayer, uh, it's kind of a testimony at the same time about what mm. God had did. Sure. It's a praise, um, as it's no, yeah. uh, no big news there since it's in the Psalms. But, right. Uh, he inclined to me, and he heard my cry. So it sounded like this point in David's life was in a very low point. Best word I can come out of my mouth right now. What do yeah. you say? Well, I, I'm going to go back to patience because, you know, I was just thinking about, um, you know, he goes on to say that when he did hear my cry, he brought me up out of destruction. He uh, pulled me out of the miry clay. Uh-huh. You know, uh, if you've ever – you know, seen movies or maybe even have seen it um, quicksand or get in a mud pit or (laughs) anything like that. I'm thinking cartoons. I remember when the characters would do, but yeah, the the ones easily. You ever ever get to that point and you ever get in something like that or in a bog? I mean, there's really not much you can do but either wait on somebody to come and help. (laughs) Yes. Or you can flop and you can kick and you can do all the other things to try to get out of it and make your situation worse. worse. That's exactly what I was saying. Uh, uh, not saying, but thinking. Yeah. Can you get stuck worse? Yeah. Yeah, you can. Well, you're going to be stuck. You just make it, you can make it worse for sure. So my question is, <laughs> if, you get, if you get stuck, quote unquote, worse, and you're prayer has been you know i'm tired of waiting what you've actually just done you've you've added more time on to your waiting room right you have by by byproduct of your thrashing around in that mud hole right mm-hmm. yeah it may not be much different in the spiritual world so if you come back to the words of jesus when he says be anxious for nothing and pray about everything right and then he said well, why are you even worried about your life because we know that God takes care of all those things for us. So why are we impatient with the things that he has for us? You think about that in spiritual terms. I don't. I, I couldn't always answer why, but I know yeah. that we are. Right. You oh, know, yeah. I don't, I don't even know if I could always answer why for myself, much right. less trying to, to generalize for someone else. But I, sure. I, sometimes I don't even know that I could be honest enough or, or just know. How to answer that, you know, because there's a lot of different situations that can produce that, yeah, that scene, right, in your life, you know. So yeah. I, I don't know, but a lot of the times it's the outward, though. It's the outward situations that usually ramp that up in us, the impatience oh, yeah. of spiritual things that we desire, right? You know, right, and and you can get frustrated. Sure. Yeah, I say you can even get mad. Uh-huh. And I don't know, I'm not saying that that anger is directed at God, but it just at the whole situation of the of the waiting, I guess. I don't know what else. Right. It might not even be at a person. It may be at a person. 
but it may it might be at the result of what a person did or didn't not do. Yeah, that's produced situations. So David's talking about in a physical thing, but this is more relatable spiritually than what David more likely than what what David was going through than something physical, don't yeah. you think? Yeah, it might something that happened in the physical that produced negative spiritual ramifications. Right, right. You know, like a sin or something like mm-hmm. that, you know. Uh, and I think it's good for us to be general with this psalm because we could, application can go anywhere with it. Right, sure. So, yeah, because uh, you kind of get the idea that there was some kind of, me- at the very least, a mess up that he did or something had happened to him. You know, right. whether it was something of his own doing or somebody else did something somebody did to it to him. him. So I think that's good in the application of this that we don't specify. That way it's wide open. Right. Because we sure. have the same kinds of things. We uh, do. We can end up in situations because of our moronic. Wrongdoing. <laughs> right. Our wrongdoing, our moronic choices. Yeah. Or because somebody has been hateful or spiteful to us to, right. to try to hurt us. Yeah. And so... Uh, the bottom line is that that we the bottom line is that you know there's times that people can be treacherous to us and can put us in a bad funk that's true to say that's it true. i don't know any better way to really say it but i don't know if that's a spiritual word but it's a true word yeah i've been in a spiritual funk before for sure all right so we got verse one worked out there verse two he brought me up out of the pit of destruction what's a pit of destruction do you think Place I'll be dying at. <laughs> so it's not a good place. Not a good it's a bad place. place. It's a bad, <laughs> bad place. Uh, I don't think it's just a kind of a Debbie Downer story here. This is a it's a pretty rough spot. Yeah, I was going to look at another translation and see what. Um, I don't even know if they use the word destruction in there, but this is the New American Standard Bible that we read out of, and for some reason I want. I'm going to look at this other version. It seems like it's worded a little bit different, and I may just totally be wrong, but I'm going to look anyway. Okay. Um, yeah, it doesn't even have the word destroyed. It just says horrible pit. Horrible pit. Yeah, it just leaves off the of the, of destruction. Well, any deep hole, if you've ever fell in it, it ain't fun. Well, I mean, especially if you, if you don't have a way out. You don't have a rope or a ladder. That's horrible. Right. And just the fall itself into it's probably bad. You uh-huh. know, the process of getting out <laughs> yeah. can be as bad if worse getting in. But it, I don't want to be in either one of those positions. No. So what do you what do you think possibilities could be? It says, now, this is the Lord that brought David up out of the pit of sin. Well, of course, it says out of the miry clay. And it says what's in there. A miry clay is a, like you had said, a quicksand type thing, something like that, muddy. Well, a miry clay, the way I think of it is, if you've ever been toward uh, Paris, uh, if you or if you've ever been uh, probably down in your older neck of the wood, like in uh, Houston, there's a lot of that black land. Mm-hmm. And you know how that stuff is like gumbo. Yeah. When it's on you, it sticks to you. It's almost like tar. Yeah. It's kind of like tar. And and it doesn't have a bottom to it most of the time. If you ever get in it, mm-hmm. so if you stick a truck in it and you keep trying to drive out and drive out, it's just going to keep getting deeper and deeper. So pulls you down. And it's going to keep pulling you down further and further, and you're never going to really get out of it. 
There's no way to get away from it or get out of it. All right. Now, this is just a, uh, to validate what you said, not that I need to, but the, I was just looking up on the this English dictionary of the word marry, a wet, spongy, or like a bog or a marsh. Yeah. That really puts a picture on it, you know. So this is not a easy place to get out of because you don't have solid footing. Yeah. And I don't uh, – it's been a while since I studied this psalm uh, in depth, but I'm thinking it's a pit of maybe even despair. You know, maybe he's come down with some kind of a, you know, whatever has happened to him, it's caused him to descent to a mental state where he is in a bad place. Would you, even you know? say like a depression type yeah, of thing? Here? Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where I was going to. Uh, yeah, very well could be that. You know, something else I'm thinking of here, too, when you get into a place like that, based on this psalm alone, it sounds like the only way out of here is with, an, with somebody besides you getting you out. Yeah. You've got to have help. This is not something you're going to muscle your way, power your way through, no. or even wait your way through. This, right. this is going to require an outside a third party to extract you from it, which is definitely what this psalm shows. Right. And to the example that you gave, you know, you got to have somebody to help you in a case like that because you you tried on your own, you're going to end up just making things worse. I wonder if had had David tried to... Or even getting deeper in it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Could that bring, um, you know, I guess that could bring in the physical world, and I'm not talking about David, but... In the physical world, you, I guess you could actually die if somebody didn't come along and help you, or you could drown in that, or whatever that smother you, or whatever sure. could happen to you. Mm-hmm. So this is a serious situation. Yeah. Point, you know? So like in uh, Colorado, um, Montana, and some of those places, um, there's there's places out there that that even I've seen where animals get trapped in those bogs like that mm-hmm. and just flail and flop and wait and there's no way that they can get out because there's no solid footing there's no you know they can do all the things that they want to do to get out of it but unless somebody comes along that can pull them out there's that's gonna be their tomb that is their tomb yeah. what a terrible way to be in your mind what a, a it, terrible yeah. way to be in your spirit or whatever the case would be right to feel feel like that you know you feel overwhelmed overcome defeated and that you're not going to get out of there. And so when he believed the Lord, it hurt him in that condition. Yeah, they're in a hopeless situation. So when he comes to the conclusion, hey, God hears me. I'm down here wailing and flailing and in my depression or whatever the case may be. Then at least he's, somebody's coming to rescue me. Mm-hmm. Or somebody's at least heard my cry for help. We'll see, right. see how it turns out. Of course, he's not just talking about someone in his case. He's talking about God. God himself, yeah. Yeah, so. God, my deliverer, yeah. That's interesting. So I think his results were pretty good here, right? So yeah. he brought me up out of that pit of destruction, and uh, he set my feet up a totally opposite kind of, uh, you know, if you're talking geology here, from a spongy marsh to solid bedrock. Totally different landscape. All right. So he said he set my feet up on a rock, making my footsteps firm. So now you can, now you have something to stand on. So 
What's the rock? His word. Him. Spiritually, it's his word. That's what we stand on. You know, when we when we get into places that we can't, I mean, that's what Paul talks about of being about us renewing our mind. That's what that's what renew we renew our mind with is the word of God. Right. That's the that's the spiritual foundation that we stand on. So when we are in um we are in a bad place mentally, spiritually. Uh, we have to go as pastors, that's what we would tell people is go back to the right. word. That is true. You know. And of course obviously to Jesus is the word. Jesus is the right. living, living word. And obviously we have other um, places in the Bible talks about Jesus being that rock. Mm-hmm. He himself talks about that in Matthew 7 and Old Testament calls him the rock of ages and and he talks about building the church on the rock that's himself. So we definitely can see that. But yeah, that that, that word really kind of takes in all of it. When you right. when you said the term word, takes in all that all aspects of what the, the word is. So yeah, yeah, that's true. So it made his footsteps true. So if we want to you know, the Bible says that uh, blessed is the man whose steps are ordered by the Lord. You know, he gives us a path to walk on. Right. There's a lot of pictures in the Bible of that. That, that word is a lamp unto my, my feet, feet and a light unto my, my path. path. So yeah. The word is not only the path itself, it's the light down that path. So, <laughs> right. I mean, it's a, it's a whole lot of uh, verses or snippets of verses that come to mind when thinking and when thinking about that. So... So it gets him out, gives him a firm foundation now. So he's been rescued. So he's not in peril anymore. Gives him a path to walk on. Gives him a path to, to walk away from danger, to walk into victory, to and to stay on. I mean, he's not going right. to. You know, I don't think he wants to go back to the pit. No. And so he puts a new song in verse 3. He says, he put a new song in my mouth. So what was the old song? Was it the song he was singing while he was in the pit? I think of the old hee-haw song. <laughs> where, oh, where were you tonight, that one? Oh, despair and agony <laughs> yeah, on me. <laughs> gloom, despair and agony. <laughs> Deep, dark depression, it's excessive it's misery. misery. If I yeah. didn't have any bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, right. despair and agony on me. Yeah, life can really be like that sometimes. You know, yeah. Really kind of, yeah. If you want to use that terminology, sometimes the only kind of luck that life would give us would be bad luck. Right. Right. Uh, as Christians, I'm so thankful we don't have to live on luck or chance or Amen to that. happenstance. We we walk by faith, and that yeah. faith is to rest in the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing, hearing by, by the, the Word of God. That's solid footing. Right. And that's something to sing about. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Know? Well, you know, it's um, it's funny we're talking about this today. I was just actually thinking about this leaving my house this morning. Um, it's rained probably a good, what, six inches this week yeah, it's rained for like 13 years yeah it feels like it's rained for forever and a day right but uh my grandpa used to put us out to go feed and he'd say now you can walk down the walk down the road but don't drive or if we're driving you know say you say drive down the driveway but don't get off the road and even one of us would one of one of us kids we would eventually get off the road and because it's not on solid rock, right? That path is solid. When we get off of that, we'd get stuck, mm-hmm. and somebody had to come pull us out. Right? You start making a rut. Yeah, well, that's all we'd do. We'd try to be throwing rooster tails, twenty <laughs> foot tall, and then it's, just gets deeper and deeper. What's the old adage? What What is a rut? 
it's just a grave with both ends kicked out. <laughs> yeah, like that. You know, and so that's kind of where David was. He was just in a grave with both ends knocked out. Right. And with no help of getting out, he had to have somebody come pull yeah. him out. And so him. guides us back to the that's – what, that's what the Word does is it guides us back to the road that's solid. And that road's – The that, solid bedrock. That Word is a whole lot. Right. Because I'm saying about we, – we lived on power lines growing up, and I learned to – Go through mud holes, you know, mud holes and stuff like that. Not on a mo- motorcycle, not on a, uh, a four wheeler, but in a dune buggy. Mm-hmm. And this is something built on the chassis of a Volkswagen Beetle. All right, and they had big old tires on it. But I didn't know you'd get one of those things stuck up in mud holes big enough to swallow up a Volkswagen. Think about that. And uh, you know, I-, I learned a whole lot about what, like where to put chains on a chassis of a vehicle to get that get pulled out. And so the word is not only the road you're going to sit on; it's that chain that it's that lifeline. Yeah, it itself is the, and it, so it all comes back to the word. It all does. That's yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, and so this new song he puts in our mouth, uh, he indicates it's a song of praise to our God. So what's a song of praise? When you somebody said, Pastor Adam, praise the Lord. You know, I've heard the term praise the Lord of church. What's pray? What's it mean to praise the Lord or a song of praise? What do we mean when we use We, we use that term quite a bit in church. We right? do, yeah. I mean, I ask my people sometimes, I say, let's give the Lord a hand of clap of praise. praise. Or yeah. can you say praise the Lord by saying amen or whatever. What do we mean when we use that word praise? That's, I, I don't just, even know why I'm asking that. Well, I just think of it's a, it's a testifying of the Lord's goodness, you know, of His gracious, His loving kindness towards us that that He would even deliver us, you know. I, is it? It's a. Is it an acknowledgement that He's the one that's brought that? Right. As you described? yes. When I say praise you, Lord, I'm usually referring to to something about His character. For who he is, or number two, what he has done. Right. I'm acknowledging that his character is way beyond ours. You know, he's just, he's holy, omnipotent, and all those big words. All the words, you know. yeah. But what he's done, he's saved me. He's given me a reason to live. He's given me his word. He's, you know, he's done all these. He took me from the bad places I was and set me on right places That's and true. on good places, right. in good places. And when I acknowledge that, and I also along with that is the thanksgiving part of it. Right. All that's wrapped up into praise. When you praise the Lord, that's kind of all that's, poured into that cup, right? Yep. Poured into that song. So yeah. there's a lot into praising the Lord. There is a we, whole lot. We can praise Him with what we say. Mm-hmm. We can praise Him with what we sing. Same. We can praise Him with what we do. Yeah, yeah very good. Yeah. Um, so, have I, have I praised the Lord today? Do I have something to praise the Lord about? Always, literally, right? <laughs> literally, always, always, yes, always. always. So, yeah. Uh, so that's kind of what's coming out of David now because he's had his prayer answered. God's brought him out. Gave him a solid foundation to stand on. Whatever it was, yes. He's praising the Lord about it. But here we understand that praise not only affects or not only acknowledges a connection between us and God, but the byproduct of it 
there's those around us that it affects. It, it affects those around us. I yeah. think it's really cool, especially within the confines of a church, certainly outside the church in the world. And I know it works out there too. So. Right. But I think about how this works in corporate worship. Yeah. It says many will see and fear. And I, I would hope that that would help, that that would happen outside the church. Don't misunderstand me. But I kind of think, you know, we just imagine the edification of the ch- in the church when that happens. The, yeah, that's kind of where my mind, yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah, can you, can you imagine on a Sunday morning when somebody who has been in a bad spot in their life gets up and stands up and says, here's where I was, here's where I am now because of what God has done in and through me and for me. I can testify to that. That doesn't make you want to praise. Yeah, if that guy next to you is just fixing to walk into what you just came out of, you've just given him hope. That's right. You've just given him a roadmap to his... You've given him encouragement. Right. And uh, it can cause that person who may have been trusting themselves, trusting what plan they had to get out of the miry clay, I will trust trust in the Lord. Lord. Yeah, they'll look to the same place where you just got your... Yeah answer right and that's kind of the whole point of it isn't it yeah and that's why it says that they'll see and fear the lord because they'll realize and recognize that it's it's not nothing that i can do just like for david and nothing that he can do to get himself out only god can do that that's a miraculous thing god can still do that oh yeah god can do that a lot oh yeah all the time (laughs) He does it all the time, doesn't he? He does. You know, that's kind of, that's not something that he does sporadically. That's actually his normal, well, that's his modus operandi. That's just what he does every day. That's right. just biz, That's just day-to-day business for him. That is God. That's who he is. That's, that's God being God. Yeah. So I got one more question to ask you before we leave here. All right, let's hear it. Why can God just be God? Because he is God. (laughs) And he can do whatever he wants to do. He doesn't need our permission. You don't need our permission. That's it.